0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, um, uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the studio the psychotherapist Richard Hogan. I hold in my hand his new book, Home is Where the Start Is How Your Family Made You and How You Can Make Yourself Even Better. Richard, you are very, very welcome. It is great to talk to you. So, what is the book about?
1: Well, the premise is that families are the most complicated systems that we will ever navigate in our lives. And people are messy and families are very messy and we all come out of family systems and those systems that reared us weren't perfect and often we came out of maybe chaotic families and dysfunctional families and families that labelled us because as I said they're so complicated they like to make things nice and simple by saying Kieran's the smart one and John's the bold one and you know so we get, we get labelled very early on in our formation. And all of those things like our attachment styles and where we come in the family, all of that there is invisible forces. And so the premise is I've been working clinically with families and people for many years and I see all of that stuff present and I hear people saying to me, I don't know why I do what I do. I don't know why I get caught in this behaviour. I want to change that behaviour. And it's all that stuff there. You know? And that's mm. what the premise of the book was. to look at, To look at your family of origin, right, see what, where you kind of talk, see how you talk to yourself, where did that come from? None of us start off in life saying, I'm not that good, I'm not that clever, I'm not that beautiful, I'm not that funny, people don't like me. None of us start off thinking like that. That's a corruption in our thinking. And so I was trying to get in there and look at all those invisible forces and give people some really nice tasks and better ways of thinking so that they can thrive in life.
0: So you can't understand an individual, is it, unless you understand the family background.
1: Well you can't I d I think that's the thing I think we, we can reduce people down into like bad, you know. Yeah, but when you when you look at the family they came from, you see that they came out of all this complicated stuff as well. And so I think to fully understand somebody, and that's why the book is written for everybody. It's not a it's not a parenting book, it's for anybody, you know, who's come out of a family which is all of us, to give us insights into our lives. And and who we are and why we are the way we are. So that's that will that will help us to understand each other. I think.
0: And you're not shy in the book as well about uh, um, detailing the dysfunction in your own family yeah. as well yeah, and yeah, how yeah. that. It was helped helped you to understand yeah. yourself.
1: Well, as I was writing the book, you know, and, I, and I've been oscillating all week. Here going, uh. what the hell did you do this? For? <laughs> you know, you know, I could do without this yeah. stuff going on, you know. And as I was writing the book, and I sit with very courageous clients, and they talk, you know, and they really get into the rag and bone shop of the heart there, and they look at themselves. And as I was as I was writing all this theory and reading all this theory, my own story started to come out, and I started to kind of rather than ignore, it I started just to write it because you know as a therapist, you're always interested in what's kind of going on, what's mm. coming up for you, and I started to write. What it was, I was thinking, and then I started to kind of really start to kind of follow what what that train of thought was, and so a lot of my own stuff came up—my early childhood and how I came to to be the person I am sitting here today talking to, and and how I changed a lot of the ways that I that I thought about myself. Yeah, we
0: might come back to how it uh, changed in just a moment, but I, I like that
1: you know. Uh, from a
0: very early age, I mean, uh, somebody paying attention might have suggested that this was going to be the line of work for you. So you, you, you detail as well an experiment you carried out on, on your and siblings and, yeah. and your grandmother as well. I think it was a bit too stoic to to really engage. What did you exactly.
1: do? It was called prolonged teasing and taunting, <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to see at a young age my brother's trigger points to see how much negative stimuli would be required. You see, all siblings do this. <laughs> exactly. but I like
0: that you you approached it scientifically. I had, a, I
1: had data. And (laughs) And I was shifting, and I I had a sample cohort. And I was trying to get, you know, it was an IPA study, an interpretive phenomenological analysis study. And I was trying to see what, and and of course, one day it ended up, my brother basically you know, give me a good knock in the head to say Yeah, well, yeah. On.
0: That's how they often end. That's how they end in our house as exactly, well. You know, stop yeah. pushing her buttons. Um, what's a genogram?
1: Yeah, the gen- the gen- genogram, genogram is, yeah, the okay. genogram is um, an interactive visual, visual representation of your family. And it's really significant. Mm. You know, Karen, I do it all the time in the clinic and you, the, the most, it's incredible what you see. What you see is intergenerational patterns coming down the line. You know, and if, when, when people see them, they often say to me, like, you know, it's in the book there, they say, God, I'm, if I only did that a couple of years ago or many years ago, I think things might have been a little bit different as I walked into my adult life. Mm. And so what you're looking at is there, there are these invisible patterns that are in a family, like alcoholism, uh, you know, like early pregnancy, or you know, all, all the stuff that I'd see through a genogram or somebody maybe, um, you know, conflicted relationships going on. And then you'd see my my grandparents had a conflicted relationship, my parents had a conflicted relationship, I'm in a conflicted relationship, and you see all of these patterns coming down through the line. But it also shows you about the beliefs that. Of family holds you know and the, and the values that families hold
0: Are, are there times and, and uh, it might be in responses of the book or even in, in individual therapy where where you you get pushback from parents who kind of think hold on you're this is kind of like blaming us, yeah. I mean, for the you know that the, the problems yeah, and the issues yeah, yeah, yeah. of Johnny
1: or Mary here. But see, the thing I'm a systemic family psychotherapist, and the theory would say that often the identified, say, client is not the actual client. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, this is me myself. I remember I, I went to a psychiatrist when I was 16. My parents brought me to a psychiatrist because my mood was low, and I remember turning up that situation thinking this will be the help we all need here, like you know. Yeah. And that's what often happens. And so yeah, for sure, often parents come to me about you know because I get positioned as you know a kind of a technology expert kind of kind of guy. Yeah. And parents would often say, Why aren't you talking to my son now? Why are you talking to us first? And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's the family system. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not it's all of us. We're all in this interconnected reciprocal dynamic. And it's never just one person. It's all of us interacting with each other. The, you know the family system and the dynamic as well, because you talk about kind of
0: the different children, the eldest yeah. child and the, the the youngest in the middle. To to what extent does that evolve or has it changed? So, you know, I'm sure it was the same for you growing up. We had four in the family and Mm. that was kind of par for the course. Most of my friends had kind of four four. or five kids as well. And now, I just think of myself and all my peers, we've kind of two kids is nearly the norm. Does that change
1: the dynamic? It does, yeah. absolutely. And it and it changes how a child talks to themselves up because they've got so much attention on them. Yes. You know, when, when you had four, you were in there, like, you know, running around doing your own thing and your parents hadn't got time to kind of think, well, what's gearing what's up to today? Yeah. You know, but when there's only two, for sure, I think there's far more attention on the child. And also in today's world, we're far more um probably aware of you know the development of a child and we're thinking about their self-esteem and all of those kind of things. But and also when when I was growing up in the seventies and eighties, I mean you were out there running around the streets, you know, pretty wild. Yeah, it's and great, wasn't it? Great <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> and not today, I don't think. Yeah. No.
0: Um the level of anxiety, you talked about anxiety obviously in mm. attachment styles, you know, in the book in that context. And you know when you speak to your colleagues in that kind of industry. Mm be they educational psychologists or child yeah. psychologists, and they say, listen, they're they're just inundated with referrals yeah, from schools in yeah, particular yeah, yeah, yeah. around anxiety. It is the big thing that they're dealing with. I mean, is that to do, does that all go back to those attachment styles for you, that anxiety, or is it born of COVID, some
1: of it, or what is it? Yeah, well, I think some of it's definitely COVID. Yeah. I also think, um, you know, I, I often talk about we have to be careful how we promote uh, mental health in schools. We have to be very careful how we do that. And be more considered about who we invite into the school system, and I think families for sure can be quite anxious. You can, you know, there's a definitely genetic marker there. You know, you, mm. you can have that, but I would say environmentally is far more significant, and how you react to your child's anxiety is a very important thing here, and um, you know, and so. I think we need to make our kids a little bit more resilient. Um, I think the fact that we're having less kids means that we're far more involved in their lives. Yeah, not always a great thing when we're you know when we're standing at the school gar- gate waiting for them to go in, and they're looking back to see, "Are you still there?" You know, the chances of them going into school be kind of reduced because they're they see that you're a bit anxious about them as well. So I, I think we have a bit of a perfect storm for anxiety. Yeah. And also, I, I think in in a lot of ways. And um, it's becoming kind of like a possessive thing. That's my anxiety. You know, that's the way teenagers talk about it. And we have to be careful to help them out of that. I think that, and that's what I'm trying to say in the book is that, you know, you can create the world that you want to walk into, you can be powerful and it's okay to be okay. I think that's a message that's really missing out there. I think we're, we're telling kids they should be happy all the time. No, it's okay to be okay. Okay is a good enough base there to be, mm. you know, and if you're expecting to be happy all the time, it would cause anxiety because none of us are happy all the time. And so I think there needs to be a shift in how we talk about mental health uh, in this country for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: given that I'm uh, well, uh, my parents, I think, would like to think of it this way, that I'm kind of well shot of them. Um, uh, um, uh, is it too late for me to change? Have not they imprinted at all. all of this no, not awful at all. baggage
1: no, on me? No, not at all. And that's what the book isn't, you know. The <laughs> yeah. book is like a kind of a roadmap out of that and it's certainly not about victimisation or blaming your parents. You know, it's, I certainly don't have any negative uh, feelings and thoughts towards my family of origin. Um, and it's about how you empower yourself. Yeah. And we're always changing, Karen. I mean... I mean, becoming is one of the most. It remar- is the most remarkable journey we go on as people, and that's a never-ending thing. Well, listen, it's
0: a great book. Home is where the start is. How your family made you, and how you can make yourself even better, by Richard Hogan. Richard, a pleasure. Thanks again.
1: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan weekdays from
0: four on News Talk.